Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. Dr. Shauna and I are excited to be here with you today. Although today's topic is going to be rather sensitive, um, we're going to be talking about pregnancy loss. So I just want to give you a heads up on that in case this is something that you're not really wanting to listen to today. This may not be the episode for you right now. Maybe it's something you want to come back to later when you feel more ready to hear our stories. So with that being said, then let's just kind of check in because it's it's felt like a while since we've recorded a podcast episode. Um, if you listen to the show every week, then it doesn't sound really a factor for you, but <laughs> we, we've gotten ahead of the schedule, hallelujah, on our recording. And so Shauna and I haven't actually sat down to record a podcast episode for you in a couple of weeks. All right. So on that note, Shauna, on a scale of one to 10, how is your day going today? You know, my day is going like 10. How am I though? I'm probably a seven. I feel, I'm feeling stressed and irritable for no good reason. I'm just not, I'm just not handling it really well. So yeah, that's me. I think that pretty much just summed up me as well. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I just feel like I really need an extended break Yeah. from life, not necessarily from work. I love work. It's like the life stuff right now where I feel like I really just want to go away. Yeah. I think part of it for us, right? We live in Northern climates and winter is just, this has been the never ending winter and it's really cold here today. It's minus 16 right now. Now that's Celsius, but still that's really cold, whether you're in Celsius or Fahrenheit. And it's right now, as we're recording this, it's March. Like it should be warmer. And I'm just <laughs> so tired of being cold. And that's part of what's making me irritable. And it's ridiculous. I live in Canada. Like this happens every year, but yeah, I just feel tired of having to put on all the layers and the, the dark gray days, like the flatness, the lack of sunlight. So I'm definitely feeling like I just need a lift and I do need, I need a break. You know, we love what we do. And I think our listeners are probably like this too. We love what we do as chiropractors, but it takes a lot of energy to be on all the time. And it's not like we get home at night and we get to just switch off because then we're on with our families. You're either on or you're on. Mm, yep. so there's very little opportunity unless you're doing really diligent self-care, which I do. I do my self-care every week, but I feel like one morning a week is not enough right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as we were talking about before we started recording, that's the, that's the thing for me that I've learned over the last few months with my husband just finishing up basketball season. And during that time from the end of November through the beginning of March, he's gone every weeknight and pretty much all day on Saturday, all of that time. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but yet I finish up the work day and then as you just said, I'm on with the kids yeah. all by myself all night. And for the last eight or nine years, I've just done that. And then we've added, you know, more kids. Like we went from one to two to three to four in that time. 
And I've just been like trucking along, trying to do things the same way that we've always done them. And I've talked to him about changing his schedule or cutting back or doing things differently. And the truth is that he's not, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do that. So if I'm the one that needs to have more support and more time off, I have to line that up for myself next year. I have to be more proactive so that I finish up the basketball season happy and sane instead of how I felt at the end of this basketball season, which is like, I just want to run away from all of you. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, I bet nobody listening to this ever feels like they want a vacation from their family. (sighs) You know, it's a hard thing though, because uh, I just, I feel like I shouldn't feel that way. I should love being with my kids and my husband all the time. And yet I don't. I totally, I don't love being with mine all the time. Does anybody? Kids are needy. Husbands are needy. Yeah, they're far needier, I feel like, than our clients are. And truthfully, I feel like the work is a lot less rewarding. It's not nearly as rewarding to be a mom and a wife, at least not in my experience, than it is to work with clients. Yeah. Well, there you go. Transparency. Oh, fully. Yes. Is it real on the Aligned Women podcast? Okay. So speaking of keeping it real, we really wanted to bring this episode today because we've noticed a number of times in Mama Chiropractors and in the Aligned Women membership community Facebook pages that chiropractors will sometimes write a post saying, I have a patient who just had a miscarriage. Give me some ideas on, on what can I do to make things better? What should I say? What should I not say? And it's a really touchy subject. So I love when, when other women come around and give these great suggestions because it's hard to know what to do. And we, we want to give you some ideas of how you can support your patients who have had a pregnancy loss. And then because Danielle and I have each miscarried, we thought we would just, first of all, make it really clear to you that we as chiropractors, we're still women. We have miscarried. We'll tell you our stories and what meant things to us. But we mostly just want to make it really real that this happens. It happens amongst our community. The statistics are very high for miscarriage. And it's something that we try and often sweep under the rug because I think as chiropractors, there's almost a shame or a guilt in it. Like, I got adjusted. I did the right things. And yet this still happened to me. And it's almost like we we feel like it's a black mark on our capabilities as Mm -hmm. a chiropractor, not to mention how most women feel. I think there's often a feeling of failure as a woman when you miscarry. And we just want to let you know that this is really common. It obviously has no bearing on who you are as a woman or who you are as a chiropractor. So we just, we just want to lay it all out. Yeah, it is um, still hard for me to talk about the experience I had now, although, I mean, it's certainly easier overall, but when I miscarried, looking back on that experience, it it really changed the trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of dramatic, but it, it really did. There's no did, way. Did it no- cause you to re-examine your values? Was that like when you say it changed the trajectory, it changed your perspective or it caused you to really take a good look at how you were doing things and saying, I need to do things differently. Yeah. All of that. I mean, it just felt like it shook the grounds completely. And for me, I was, I was, um, 
in practice, I owned my own practice at this time. We had my stepdaughter and my first baby, uh, who was, I guess, two and a half at this time. And um, we weren't planning necessarily to have any more kids. We, we thought like after we had Allison, we were, we were good. I was certainly good because pregnancy, birth, and the whole first year were a lot harder than what I anticipated them to be. Um, so, well, as things go, um, I, I was pregnant and then I was actually, I was happy. I was like, Oh, okay, well, you know, it's just meant to be. And it, it really felt amazing to me because in my first marriage, we had struggled with infertility for five years. So to have Allison and she came by surprise. And then like this next pregnancy was also relatively a surprise. Um, I was just like, okay, this is awesome. Like, this is the way that I always thought that I would be a, become a mom. Like it would just happen naturally and easily. Right. And, um, and I felt pretty good throughout that pregnancy. Um, we went on a trip and on this trip, we ran a 5k, which was a common thing that we did (laughs) in those days. Not so much now. Um, but we went to, you were a runner then, like this was not, you know, you just sort of one off to 5k you, this was part of your regular sort of health routine was running. Well, you would think so, but it, I wasn't running as often as I had been before. Like when I was pregnant with Allison, I ran, um, a triathlon, my first triathlon actually, when I was pregnant with her and then a half marathon and a 10 K I was like training throughout most of my pregnancy until about the third trimester. Um, so I was, I was in different physical condition then, but with this second pregnancy, I wasn't training as hard and as often as I had been before. So I just thought like, no big deal. It'll be fine. But we get to Mississippi for this race and it was way hotter and way more humid there than it was here in Missouri at that time. And, um, we ran the race and I got overheated and my head started pounding. This is not a new thing for me, by the way. Like this is something that I've experienced all throughout my life. If I get overheated, especially from physical exertion in the heat, I get a migraine. Sometimes I throw up. I might be sick for two or three days. And that happened. Um, and I was concerned. I was like, it, like I'm, I'm really not um, feeling confident about this being safe while I'm pregnant, but what can I do? Like it's already done. Uh, but then four days later, I miscarried at home. And because of the circumstances around it, I really felt like it was my fault. Like, how could I be so stupid to go and run this race in a place that was so hot and so humid that I wasn't conditioned for. And even though during the race, I stopped running and I started walking when I, when I felt like, Oh, this is like, I'm getting too hot. Um, the damage was already done. (laughs) And I just felt, I can't even put it into words. I just felt so immensely horrible about myself for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I miscarried and I, that happened on a Thursday. I went back to work on Friday. We canceled one appointment that I had scheduled. This will tell you how much differently I think about things now. (laughs) I had one appointment scheduled on that Thursday And I took the, I took Thursdays off most of the time, but this one patient couldn't come any other time. So we had our schedule on Thursday and we canceled her appointment that day and she never came back to our practice. And I just felt like, gosh, like 
I took one day off and I lost a patient and it was really hard for me to process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I went back to work on Friday and just continued to work like nothing had happened. Mm. Um, tell me, tell me about that. You went back to work on Friday. Was that a matter of you just trying to get through the day or was that because you really felt like I need to serve these people and I'm just going to put my own feelings aside because I'm geared to serve? I don't think it was either one of those. I just felt like I needed to do that because I needed the money. Okay. You know, like taking time off at that point in time in my mind was not an option because taking time off meant that we wouldn't be bringing in revenue that day. Right. Which is, ugh. I look back on that now and I'm just like, oh my gosh, ugh, how did I get myself into a situation where I had created a business model where I felt like I couldn't even take one day or two days off mm-hmm. to heal from a miscarriage? Yeah. But that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about helping women do this thing <laughs> in another way, you know, in a way that <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't have the clarity or the foresight to do when I probably really needed it. Did you have any support from other women chiropractors? Did you reach out to anybody? How did you handle it from an emotional standpoint as far as just getting kind of getting through the loss? I don't know that I did. I I certainly didn't reach out to any other women chiropractors. I mean, we didn't have the the big Facebook groups that we have now, you know, where we are like collective and we can ask those kinds of questions and we can reach out for support in a way that feels relatively safe. Mm -hmm. Um, I think honestly, I didn't want to talk about it with most people, if not anyone, because I didn't want people to know. I felt like such a huge failure. Um, not just for the part about having run this race when I probably shouldn't have run it while I was pregnant, but just having had a miscarriage in general, I just felt like, well, I'm obviously not that healthy mm-hmm. if I can't carry a baby. It just wasn't talked about, I would say, in women chiropractic circles back then. And part of the reason it wasn't talked about was because for those of us it was happening to, yeah, there was, I, I, I think that at that time there was a really strong feeling around, well, what did you do? Like amongst women chiropractors, the question of, well, what did you do? Like, what did you do wrong? Were you not getting adjusted? Or it would be those kinds of questions that people would insensitively ask, oh, you're not getting adjusted? Or do you know what I mean? And so right away, the tone of the question is, well, you clearly weren't following chiropractic principles because you miscarried, which is absolutely ludicrous. Like, ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, really, yes. Shauna, when I heard you talk about your experience with miscarriage, I felt like, wow, like my, my experience with a miscarriage really rocked my whole world. It, I was pregnant just eight weeks later and, um, and on purpose, like after we had that miscarriage, I was like, well, clearly we have to have another baby now because, um, I don't know, just because I felt like that's the only way I know how to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, and if we, if I was mourning the loss of that pregnancy that intensely, then I must have wanted to have another baby and just not have really been recognizing that. Mm -hmm. So we got pregnant again, but as soon as we did, I was like, Whoa, Oh my gosh. Whoa. 
I will not risk another pregnancy. And I knew that I had to make really drastic changes mm-hmm. really quickly <laughs> because mm-hmm. that like having that healthy baby was the only thing that I cared about from that point forward. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't care about practice anymore. I don't, like, I don't care about money anymore. I just want this baby to be healthy. That's mm-hmm. all. That's it. And did you have with your next pregnancy, did you have a fear all through that pregnancy of losing the baby? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. There was, there were even some things that they found on ultrasound um, with the anatomy skin for her at 20 weeks that they were really concerned about. And it scared me a lot. They were talking about genetic defects and um, there was a cyst and actually I think there were more than one cyst in her brain and there was a defect on one of the valves of her heart. And they were like, we don't know. This baby might, may not live if she is born. I mean, she's four and a half now and she's pretty healthy overall. She has some sensory challenges, but um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's fine. Yeah. It's a hard way to go through a subsequent pregnancy though. When in the back of your mind, the whole time you're just, it's like, you're pleading with God, please don't take this one too. Yeah. Or what can I do differently? Like I'll tie my shoes differently. I'll do left one before right one this time, or I'll brush my hair differently or whatever. If it, if it's different than the last time I felt like I was analyzing everything I did with my pregnancy with Jenna in order for it not to happen again. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your story because your pregnancy with Jenna, who's your second child, was really close to your miscarriage as well. Yeah. So I miscarried between our first and our second. So you guys, if you listen to the podcast, you know my story. Craig and I had our first baby Jackson when we were in chiropractic college. So there were a number of years after we graduated where we, I mean, we were definitely not going to have another baby because we really just needed to get settled, get our practices going make some money, like get our life in order. So um, when we were ready to have our second, for me, having getting pregnant has come easily to me. So it was no problem getting pregnant. And I thought everything was going along fine. Long story short, we found out at 23 weeks that our baby was not viable anymore. Our baby had died and we, we didn't know how long before that. Um, this was in July. And it was a Monday. Mondays, I worked full days. So I think I worked my morning shift and then I had an ultrasound scheduled um, after my morning shift. So I went in, they did the ultrasound. They gave me the news that I, we didn't have a viable baby anymore. And I checked into the hospital. So I went home, packed a bag, called my mom to come in and look after Jackson and Craig and I checked into the hospital. It was probably somewhere around dinner time that night. And they started the process of, they had to in, induce me to birth the baby. Um, and that's the only induction I had. So all of our other kids were born at home, like in our living room, basically with a care of midwives. So this was sort of the polar opposite of every other birth experience that I had. Um, and I remember just having this sense of, And I'm sure that it wasn't true, but I really felt like as opposed to all the other moms that go in to birth their perfectly healthy babies in the, you know, air quotes, normal way, I felt like I was sort of being shuttled in, in quiet whispers into a dark room in the corner. It was all cloaked in sadness. And I mean, the the hospital staff were incredible. I had wonderful nurses. The OB who was handling my case was 
phenomenal. I mean, everybody was just so fantastic. And, you know, I think coming from a chiropractic perspective and already having had a midwife assisted home birth, I had this idea that OBs and nurses were all kind of evil, right? Who just wanted, wanted everybody to have every kind of intervention and that an OB directed birth was just sucky no matter what. And, you know, if there's a silver lining in all this, I'll tell you that my opinion of the prenatal unit and of nursing care and the obstetrical care was completely different after having this experience because I swear I had the most caring people on the planet with me, which was awesome. Um, my husband was amazing, but all in all, it was the most painful, grief-ridden experience to go in knowing that you're birthing a baby, that when that baby comes out, you're not going to hear the cry. You're not going to go, oh, look, he's so cute. And it's not like that. It's, you know, that the end result is nothing but loss. Um, and so physically, it was probably the single most painful experience I've ever had. Um, it's just, it was terrible in every way. And, you know, we, we had a baby, we had a baby. So, you know, I got to hold the baby and looking down at my baby, it was just, okay, now it's getting really hard to talk about. Mm. It was just so hard knowing that that baby was not be able to, um, oh, sorry, come home with us. And, you know, you hear all around there's all these happy people having their happy birth experience right and you see people coming off the elevators with balloons and flowers and they're going in to celebrate the people who have had babies and in the end we're walking out empty-handed so i just i remember having the baby and getting that chance for us both to just hold him and love him and name him and say goodbye to him um and in the end, you know, I just went to sleep after and Craig just slept in the bed with me and the two of us just cried and cried and fell asleep, exhausted. And I don't even know when we woke up, but it was the next morning. It was Tuesday morning and um, I got up, I showered and <laughs> packed my bag and we went home. And then we had to break it to Jackson, who was, he would have been three at the time. Oh, and, man. you know, to try and break it to a three-year-old that, yeah, mommy had the baby and the baby you're never going to meet this baby. Like it was, then it was the heartbreak all over again, right? He's sad. He's crying. He doesn't understand and trying to explain it all. And my mom was amazing. Um, you know, thank God for mothers. She was fantastic. Tuesday, you know, you were talking about work and how you kind of, I just dove back into work again. Tuesday was a day that I just, I didn't have patients scheduled and I never worked Tuesday. So I had the day to sort of recover and I just made the decision that the next day I was going back into work, which is not a healthy way to grieve. For me, it was not about, wasn't a money thing. It wasn't about like, I got to get in there and I just got to serve my people. It wasn't that. It was a way for me to avoid dealing with it. That's really all of it. It, it was such a massive loss that the only way I felt like I could get through it was to just put it on a shelf and just kind of deny it for a little bit and focus on somebody else. Um, yeah. And talk about awkward. I, you know, it, I had a CA who she knew everything that was going on at the time. She had come over that night and brought me, you know, brought the family dinner and just sat and cried with me. She was a good, good friend. Um, 
And so I told her, I'm coming in tomorrow. And she was like, you're kidding me. Don't do <laughs> I said, no, I need to, but here's what I need you to do. When everybody comes through the door, I need you to tell them what's happened and tell them that I don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to be hugging. I don't want people crying. I don't want to cry. Like, I want to pretend like this didn't happen because I just simply can't deal with it. Like, I, I can't deal with talking about it with every single patient who comes in. I know that they care. I know that they're sad for me. I don't want to talk about it. So this poor woman had to stop every single patient the next day and say, just want to let you know, this is what's happened with Dr. Shauna. She's lost the baby. She does not want to talk about it. She knows you're sad. She knows you feel terrible for it, but she just needs to like move forward through the day. And she can't do that if she's talking about it with everybody. And people were amazing, right? They really respected it in the best way that they could. And the looks, like when people would come into my adjusting area, the looks on their faces just said everything that they felt. And I just say, I just kind of put my hands up and go, I know I'm okay. Like we're getting through it. I just don't want to talk about it. And they'd hug me and they'd get on the table and they'd try and make small talk. And that was really how I got through it. But grief, you never escape the grief, right? You, you, you can only ignore it for a certain period of time or for, you know, a certain number of hours. And then I would come home and I would just lose it. Like I would just fall. And I think I was telling you that I really noticed at week three, and I think probably my hormones were really shifting around that time. Yeah. Week three, I fell apart. Like I could not function. The grief was so heavy. It was devastating. And then it happened again at week six. Um, and then, you know, I was the same as you, um, we had decided we were having a baby. So damn it, we were going to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, we made the decision, we're moving forward. And I think part of that was actually the healing process for me anyways. It was healing for me to be able to bring another life into the world. And you know, we, we got pregnant right away and, um, and then we had Jenna. So obviously it's still sad when we think about it. We don't talk about it. This was so many years ago now too. Like this would have been 15 or 16 years ago now. Obviously as the years go by, the pain dims but you know we all I always remember July 16th July 16th that's you know I say a little prayer for our baby and we still talk about him our kids all know about him um we can talk about it openly but it was a it was a terrible terrible loss and I like I said I did not talk about it I didn't reach out to friends my best support at that time were the practitioners that worked I mean from like my husband was incredible our families were incredible but from the perspective of you know just getting woman support um the nurse so the night nurse who was there she checked in with me weekly for probably the next month she'd just call me at home and say hey I'm thinking about you are you doing okay wow let you know if you need anything like you can talk about it anytime she was incredible um and the practitioners at my office who were all women, they were just so supportive and loving, but I didn't feel like I could really talk about it among any of my women chiropractor friends because of what I just said. I just felt like there's this, at that time, there was such a heavy judgment on, well, you must have been doing something wrong as a chiropractor if you miscarried, which is absolute BS because statistically, I mean, we're humans, just like everybody else. And the, t the statistics say that about a third of all women miscarry. You know, so if we have over 2,000 members of our mama chiropractors group and our aligned women members community, like that's a lot of people 
who are having miscarriages and we need to be talking about it and seeking support and realizing we are human beings. We are women, just like everybody else. We get sick, we get barfy, we have infertility issues, we have yep. miscarriages, we have crappy days with our kids. We have all the same things that our patients are going through and everybody else. But on top of that, we're also trying to manage a business and keep things afloat. So we have that to add to everything. So I think it's important that we're talking about it. One of the most common questions that comes up in mama chiropractors, in aligned women, in other Facebook groups for women chiropractors is when to tell your patients that you're pregnant. Mm. Do you think that your experience shaped your opinion on when to tell patients that someone is expecting? No, I don't think so. I, I still say that's really whenever you feel comfortable with it. You tell your patients whenever. Some people tell, tell everybody right away because they're so darn excited. I think a lot of people don't want to tell anybody, not just patients, but family members, friends, until they've passed that first trimester. I just mm-hmm. think that's a really individual decision and there's no, there's no right or wrong way. If you want to tell your patients right from week three, go ahead. If you yeah. want to wait, go ahead. It's, it's, your, it's your decision. It's what you're comfortable with. That's my perspective too. You know, every pregnancy that I've had, I know that I've told patients, some patients, as soon as I knew, because some of them, one in particular, I swear she knew that I was pregnant before I knew that I was <laughs> pregnant. And she came into the adjusting room one morning and her eyes landed on my belly. And I was like, oh no. I better get a pregnancy test. I just knew the way that she looked at me. And I talked to her about that several months later. And she was like, really? I did that? I didn't realize I did that. And I was like, I just knew by the way your eyes locked in <laughs> that you were picking up on something. And and I thought like I may have been a day or two late on my period at that point, you know? So I thought like, yeah, I better go get a pregnancy test. I left my office that day went straight to target and bought one. <laughs> like, it was that serious to me that I knew she knew something was up. So <clears throat> some of my patients, I would tell right away if it came up in conversation or if they asked me, how are you doing? Or if I was just feeling really nauseous, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't want them to be like, what's wrong with her yeah. wondering, you know, if there was something else going on. I just wanted them to know, like, this is where I'm at right now. And there were others that maybe it didn't come up in conversation or I just didn't feel um, that I wanted to share that with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I miscarried, some of my patients knew and some n- didn't know that I was pregnant and some, uh, some asked when they would come in to see me, how are you doing? How's your pregnancy? And then I just tell them, I unfortunately I lost the baby. And that was usually the end of the conversation <laughs> in most cases. Um, because you know, that's just a point where people get to, I think where they don't know what to say next and they know, yeah. There really isn't anything you can say that's going to make it better. Yeah. Well, I don't know what your experience was with your body, but I know for me, because my miscarriage was a second pregnancy like yours. Um, yep. And then I got pregnant so quickly after. And because I was so far along, like I, I was, you know, heading into my second trimester. Sorry, I was well into my second trimester 
um, heading into my third when I miscarried. So, you know, I looked pregnant for sure. Yeah. Then lost the baby. My, my body did not recover in eight weeks. So as soon as I got pregnant again, it was sort of like my body went, Oh, well, we've been here before. I know exactly what's happening. And it was very obvious that I was pregnant again, much earlier than with my previous pregnancy. So it really like, it was almost awkward. It would have been awkward if I was trying to hide that first trimester from people because I looked so obviously pregnant by the time I was six weeks. Yeah. So I'm sure, I don't remember specifically, but I'm sure I probably told people just, you know, still in my, my first trimester when I was pregnant with Jenna. Yeah. And I know that some people feel like they don't, they wouldn't want to have to tell patients that they were pregnant and then later tell them that they were not pregnant, but you know what? We've both done it. And it's not to say that it's something that we hope that you ever have to do, but if you do, it will be okay. And people are often much more understanding than what you might anticipate that they will be. Yeah. And it's, I found it was actually to see the kindness in people was so, it was so nice. You know, we tend to have this like doctor patient relationship. And in something like that, what you see is we're all women. You see that womanly people coming alongside you. And it's actually, it's a really, it's nice to see how women will support women who are in trouble that way. And to feel like we're all part of each other's lives. So again, you know, if you can see some kind of a silver lining in this, I know that the way I did life with my patients changed drastically after that experience because I really felt like those people, they were really a part of my life during that time. Yep. Um, people often ask, if, if I'm the chiropractor and my patient has miscarried, what do I say? What do I not say? What do I do that might help? Like, what is, a, what is a gesture that's actually appreciated by someone who has miscarried? What are your suggestions for that? You know, I thought about this this morning and I was thinking, well, what are some things that maybe you could send to a patient who has lost a pregnancy? Um, for me, I feel like one of the typical things would be to send flowers or a plant. And I tell you, for me, I feel like um, I don't want that. I wouldn't want that because, well, first things first, I'm not good at keeping those kinds of things alive. And secondly, because it's just something else that would die. That is what really crosses my mind. I don't want one more thing to keep alive. Mm -mm. No. Um, I don't know that there really is anything in that situation that could have been the right thing for me. Um, But it certainly would have been helpful for me to have more people checking in and just saying, hey, how are you? I know that this is a really hard thing to experience. If they had been through the same thing, like sharing their story with me and letting me know that I wasn't alone mm-hmm. would have gone a long way. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned having meals sent to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really wonderful idea. Yeah. I had a number of people who sent meals home with Craig or would drop by and they, you know, they'd ring the doorbell. I'd answer the door. They'd be like, I don't want to invade your space. I just wanted to give you dinner tonight. Or I just wanted to let you know that tomorrow night I'm going to bring dinner. So don't do anything. And I, I think I appreciated that almost more than anything because I found that just getting through the day, like just existing through the day in that kind of a loss took all of my energy 
and extra things like getting showered or making a meal for my family was just, I just didn't, I didn't want to do anything. I, I didn't, yeah, I mean, I, just getting through minute to minute was hard enough, but then having to take care of a three-year-old child and a husband who was, you know, trying to hold the fort down as well in his practice, right? We had separate practices. So, um, you know, he was going through it too. And I think that's another thing to remember is our, our husbands go through the same loss as well. And I think there's a lot of focus on the women and sometimes we forget the dads too. So the, having meals like that, thinking back, if people would have taken Jackson, just said, hey, I'm coming to take Jackson tonight. I'm going to have him for the evening. We're going to keep him overnight so that I didn't have to leave the house to have some time to myself. I could be in my home, but not having to be depended on by my child. That would have been really helpful to you. And I think if I knew someone who was going through it now, that would be what our family would do for them. I'm going to bring you guys by dinner and I'm going to take your children and you do not need to see them unless you want to until the next day. Or I'm going to take them for the weekend just have some connection time with your husband. That time that, I mean, Craig and I, we needed time together to process the loss, to grieve, to talk about it, to vent, to cry, to yell, to whatever. We needed to do that together. And um, doing that with a child or children in the house is, it's almost impossible. I remember feeling really angry with Brian because he wasn't expressing any, any grief. He wasn't, he wasn't talking about it. He wasn't saying that he felt sad. Um, and I, I just remember like feeling like I was carrying the burden of that loss all on my own, you know, like how could he not be as sad as I am? But what he did share with me when I, when I talked to him about that was that he didn't feel like we could both fall apart at the same time. Because that way. Yeah. But that, I mean, because I was really falling apart and he just felt like we can't go there together. (laughs) One of us has to keep things functional around here. So he didn't let himself go there. And, you know, as we're talking about it now, I don't know that he ever really did like fully process it. I don't know. And I think again, that's where, you offering to take somebody's kids for a weekend or for an overnight, it allows both parents to fall apart for a while and not have to feel like we've got to be strong for whatever, right? You can both just let go. That idea sounds really fabulous. Even just right now, like maybe I'll share this episode with my parents and my in-laws and just kind of give them the hint, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> feel free to volunteer to come get our kids and take them for the evening. That would be really wonderful. Or you could just ask them. Yeah, we could do that. Right. Let's yeah. talk about a couple of things that are not helpful. Cause there are definitely some things that you should not say to someone who just lost a child. And one of them is, um, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, or it's, you know, it's all part of God's plan or God's will. That is the wrong thing to say. Even to someone who's highly devoutly faithful, that doesn't fly. Yes. Um, you can try again. Mm-hmm. You'll or, have another one. Yeah, you'll have another one. Like I had another one <clears throat> and that, that child came and she was healthy and 
she was a year old and I was still grieving the loss of the baby that we didn't have. And it was such a mixed up way to feel because I was glad that we had her. And I knew that if we had had the second baby, we wouldn't have her. But yet I still wondered what would that baby have been like? What, what would, would it have been a boy? Would it have been a girl? What would they have looked like? What would their personality have been like? Like I still thought about that pretty much every day throughout the first year of her life. Well, when people say that, it almost makes you feel like your baby is like a flashlight battery. Well, this one doesn't work anymore, so we just replace it with this one. It's they're, they're children. So even if you do go on to have more, it doesn't change the fact that you lost one. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Anything else that's not helpful? Uh, I think those are the big things, you know, like, yeah, you, you don't get to just replace the one that you lost and, and, and perhaps maybe it was in God's plan, but it's certainly not helpful to hear that when you're in the midst of the grieving, the grieving process. Another thing that I found was unhelpful was people who, you know, people who are not really in my inner circle, people who weren't really that close to me saying, if there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. And it's, I mean, it's kind, right? It's something to say, but at the same time, you, you just think, I am, I'm probably not going to let you know. I mean, if I need something, figure it out. <laughs> and again, like not a healthy way to react, but you know that people are just saying something to say something. This is not a time to say words just for the sake of filling in space. If you're not actually willing to go deliver a meal or help out with someone's kids or drop by some groceries or come and throw a few loads of laundry in or something like that, don't, e- don't even say, you know, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. Cause I'm not going to let you know. You're probably the last person I'm going to let know. So don't offer if you're not actually willing to do it. Well, it takes the, the burden, I think of putting it on the person that's suffering yep right? Of like making that person have to be the one to reach out and ask for support. When a lot of times that's like the last thing you feel like you can do. Mm-hmm. And what you really need is people to just show up and do some stuff for you without having to ask for it because you don't even know if you can or who you can ask when you're in the middle of all of the emotions. Yeah. So just, yeah, take it upon yourself to do something. <laughs> something with that that's within healthy boundaries, I suppose, but dropping off a meal, like taking out the trash, the same kinds of things that we would do for a mom that has birthed a full-term baby, Mm -hmm. doing the laundry, um, watching other kids for a bit. Yeah. Yep. On that happy note. Oh, okay. Yes. But this is an important topic to to talk about. And I can tell you, and I think that you feel the same way, Shauna, that when I experienced a miscarriage, I felt like I didn't know that this happened to so many other women. I didn't know it was such a common thing. And, And I didn't know what to do. I knew that I needed to be talking about it, but I didn't know where to go to do that or like who, who to do that with, because it felt so burdensome to ask my friends to talk about it or like to make the time to do that when their lives were so busy too. Even, even friends that I knew that had had miscarriages, I just felt like I couldn't take, I couldn't take that time from them to talk about something that was 
not fun to talk about. All right, we need to end this podcast episode before both of us cry again. <laughs> uh, you know, I think mostly what Danielle and I want to say is we, uh, part of the, the core values of Aligned Women, our podcast, our membership community, Mama Chiropractors, is to let you know you're not alone in this journey. And I think that's one of the hardest things about miscarrying is this feeling of isolation. And if you want to reach out and let us know that this is what you're going through, you will be loved and supported through it. We have the most incredible community of amazing, non-judgmental, loving, supportive, encouraging women I've ever seen. And we're here to support you in that. Um, and yeah, like it is not your fault. You did not do something wrong. You're human and it happens. And we just want you to know that. We love that you're listening to this podcast. We love that you're part of our community and we're here for you. All right. So if you are not already a member of our free Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, then you'll certainly want to come join us there so you can continue the conversation with us after the show. And you can request to join our Facebook group by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash Mama Chiropractors. Or I believe if you search Mama Chiropractors on Facebook, you'll find the group pretty easily there. Before we end this episode, I just want to one more time encourage you that if you are, if you are suffering, if you're feeling um, like you're having a hard time processing an experience like a pregnancy loss, then please reach out for support. People are willing to help you. There are people that are skilled in helping you, but people have to know that you need the support. And I know that it can be hard, but please don't do it all on your own. So reach out to support. If you need a safe place to do that, you can message Shauna. You can message me. If we feel like you need support of a different kind, we can help get you there. So on that note, be sure to join us next week for another new episode. We'll be talking about how to prepare your practice for pregnancy. So that's going to be a more fun episode and you won't want to miss that one. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.